Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Tuned In with Mike Johnson, a public service of Mount Wilson FM Broadcasters and Global Jazz Incorporated. Now, here's Mike. And a very good morning to you one and all. This is Tuned In from Mount Wilson FM Broadcasters and Global Jazz Incorporated. Summertime is here, and it's always a good time to check in with our friend Marie Hewitt. She is the Orange County Register's pet columnist, and uh, she is our animal expert to tell us about things animal-related and to give us some tips to take care of our animals in the summertime. Marie, good morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good. Thanks for being with us this morning on Tuned In. Summer is here, as we talked about, and so now there are concerns that come up for animals this time of year. Talk about some of those. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever gone to a grocery store or the mall, which is even worse, and seen a dog in a hot car? Oh, sure. Did you know it's actually illegal to leave your dog in a parked car? Mm. You know, I think, I, think, I think it's become more prevalent because of the cell phones where people are taking videos of these sort of things, and they're exposing people who are... I, I don't think people are always being uh, cruel as they are just not thinking. Well, <laughs> there's a great video that I saw the other day with a football player who was doing sort of a public service announcement. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was, but he was going ahead and seeing how long he can remain in a hot car oh, wow. without, without giving up. And he didn't last very long. I'd say it was under 10 minutes. But they had wow. a camera on him the whole time, and he was sweating, and he was just clearly miserable. And he looked like he was on the verge of passing out when he finally just opened the door and rolled out of the vehicle. And he's a human being, and we have the ability to sweat, mm-hmm. which actually cools us down to a certain extent. And dogs and cats or any other pet that you happen to have in the car don't necessarily have that ability to cool themselves down. And they get so hot, so fast, that they can literally have major, major physical trauma and even death by being left in a hot car, even for just a few minutes while you're running into the grocery store to pick up a few items. You know, the point you're bringing up there, and you're talking about that football player who was in the car, and you're right, he could roll down the window, he could get out of the car. Your dogs and cats are stuck, and and it can be deadly, can't it? Absolutely, and even if you think you're in the shade and you've cracked the windows a little bit, it doesn't really do much. The sun shifts very fast, and those cracked windows don't lower the temperature enough to cool your pet down. And if you love your pet, there is no way you should ever be leaving that little critter in the car. Do you think people are just not thinking, or do you think they're, you know, I mean, I guess the ma- the mindset, as you, as, you, as you alluded to, is that I'll just be a minute. It's now, never a minute. No, I, 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 Have I, you I, ever taken sure. a minute to go into a grocery store? Sure. Even you, just to pick up a couple things. Do you think that uh, we've, and I, I'm, where I live in Orange County, there are now a few more restaurants, for example, that are now dog-friendly. Do you think we're at a point where if if I were to go to the store and I needed to bring my dog in because I don't want my dog to suffocate in the car, do you think more, more people are understanding of that these days? Well, unfortunately, you still can't bring your dog into the grocery store. So yeah. the best thing you need to do is just plan ahead. If you need to go to the grocery store and you have your dog with you, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to take your dog home first, then go to the store. It's just not worth it. I mean, would you leave your baby in the car if you went out? 
to a store and had to run in and get a few things. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, Marie. I understand exactly what you're talking about. That's the voice of Marie Hewlett, and she is the Emmy Award-winning producer of educational television programming seen throughout America, and this is tuned in from Mount Wilson FM broadcasters and global jazzing. Just to get off topic for a moment, Marie, you recently won your Emmy for what? That's right. I, I won an Emmy for my series, Geology Across the American Landscape, and even though it's true that I'm the big animal person out there. I have a split personality, and I have a real job, so to speak, Okay. educational television production. And I've been nominated five times for Emmys, and I was very, very excited to win my third Emmy just a few weeks ago for, for Geology Across the American Landscape. So that was very, very fun. Does that, does that give you a different perspective somehow when you're dealing with the animals? You know, I look at everything from an intellectual perspective, and I don't take common knowledge for granted. And I never have. From the time I was a little kid, people used to tell me, oh, animals don't have real feelings. Animals can't think. Animals can't do this. Animals can't do that. And I would always say, what? That doesn't make any sense. Animals have no feelings? Well, what does this mean when my dog is really excited and wagging his tail and and have you seen some of those videos of veterans who have come home and oh, their sure. dogs have just gone nuts during the reunion? Of course, sure. I mean, who can tell me, in all sincerity, that the dog is not feeling joy and happiness over seeing its long-lost family member? <laughs> it's just nuts. So, I, yeah, I've always thought for myself and tried to research things myself. And it's so funny because... Over time, scientists have started saying, oh, yeah, animals are maybe intelligent, and animals do have feelings. And I feel like saying, oh, really? Just figure that out, Mr. Smarty Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Marie Hewitt is my guest this morning here on Tuned In. Marie, now, as you mentioned, this is summertime, and we, of course, are concerned about our animals. Sometimes in the summertime, depending on where we live and maybe just because of the environment, dogs can sometimes have problems with fleas. Has, is that problem, oh. has that problem become easier to deal with, or has it become more complex? It is so much more complex. Do you remember when the topical flea medicines came out about 15 years ago or so? Mm. And you just put that little drop behind their neck and along their spine, and presto, no more flea problem. And right. everybody was feeling like a choir of angels was singing and golden light was shining down and it was it was truly a miracle. Well, guess what? All of those miracle topical pollutions are becoming less effective. Apparently the fleas are becoming resistant and their little babies are becoming more resistant. Oh, <laughs> so you get all this stuff that you pay a small fortune for and you put it on exactly as directed and your pets are still suffering from fleas. And to make matters worse, we did not have a real winter last winter. It stayed pretty calm and mellow. In fact, you know, a lot of my plants continued blooming throughout the winter because sure. they got cold. And that meant, too, that fleas continued reproducing. And now, this summer, during the hot months, they are just wreaking havoc on pets. It's just so sad. And even if you've never had flea problems in the past and you're doing everything you think you're supposed to be doing, 
Your poor little pets are suffering. And it's just heartbreaking to see that happening. Do fleas generally live like in tall grass or in weeded areas? Or where, where do they come from to begin with? Well, they, they're definitely in the tall grass so you, and ticks also. So you want to try and avoid the tall grass when you're out walking. And one thing that you can do if your pets will tolerate it, a quick vacuuming of their fur before you come into the house is excellent. Now, I know a lot of pets are afraid of vacuums, but if you're just starting out with a puppy or a kitten, get them used to being vacuumed from day one because they end up liking it. It feels really good. <laughs> and you can pull off a ton of little pests. It's, it's, it would seem to me, although you're right, as the dog and the cats get older, it's frightening. They could, they could think of it as frightening. It's almost like a massage for the animal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially if you use the brush attachment, the mm-hmm. vacuum cleaner, the hand tool. My cats and my dogs love that. They'll let me do that forever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're having problems with fleas, even though we tend to tell people don't give dogs and cats baths very often because it takes out all the oils of their fur and dries out their skin, it's actually recommended this year because we're having such a difficult time with fleas. And if your pets are going crazy, gnawing on their hind end and making red hot spots and that sort of thing, a trip to the veterinarian is definitely warranted. And your veterinarian can give you Uh, your pet, not you, your pet a little shot to alleviate the itchiness and will allow that tender area to heal. But it's really important to take care of our guys while they're suffering. And hopefully this winter we'll have a nice cool winter with a big El Nino that they're predicting with lots of rain and lots of crazy winter weather. we we, We could certainly use that in California now, can't we? Definitely. <laughs> That's the voice of Marie Hewitt. She's the Animal Files columnist of the Orange County Register and Emmy Award-winning producer of educational television programming. And this is Tuned In from Mount Wilson FM Broadcasters and Global Jazz Incorporated. Marie, we are speaking about pets with Marie this morning. And it is summertime, as you alluded, and you know some people are fortunate enough to have a swimming pool in their backyard. Is putting your dog or letting your dog go in the swimming pool a good idea? Well, it's okay, Um Their skin can be a little sensitive to the chlorine, so you want to pay attention to that. But if you've taught your pet general safety with regards to pools, the safe place to get in and out of the pool, and also that they shouldn't just go into the pool if if you don't tell them it's okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's all right. But just like with small children, you need to take some safety precautions, lots and lots of pets drown in pools every year. So it's important to get a safety fence around your pool. In fact, most local cities require fences anyway just to make sure people are safe. But if you don't have one or if you're grandfathered in with your pool, I really advise getting a safety fence built all the way around your pool. That way your pet can't get in when he's unattended out in the backyard. I know from listening to your radio show on blogtalk.com that sometimes people uh, want to feed their animals human food, and I know you have not been a proponent of that. Your feeling is that human food is for humans and animal food is for animals, right? Well, you you hit the nail on the head there, Mike. You want to always have some special treats for your pets that you can go ahead and give to them while you're enjoying your human treats because 
human food is very rich and potentially very dangerous. For example, ribs and chicken on the bone, they are very, very dangerous. If your dog is chewing them up, little pieces can break and cause intestinal obstructions, and they can splinter, and my goodness, the surgery expenses are astronomical for that sort of thing. If a veterinarian needs to treat your pet for an emergency situation, it's, it's just no good. And plus, it's extremely painful to have a punctured digestive tract or throat that's, that's actually lacerated from a bone or, or bone that gets wedged between, between teeth. So, so don't give your pet ribs and chicken bones, no matter how much they're begging with those big round eyes and the big dog smile. Just enjoy it yourself and give them a dog treat. And the same is true for hot dogs. Sometimes people give their pets entire hot dogs. Oh, sure. oh my. I, I, I don't know about you. Have you ever seen a dog eat an entire hot dog? No. They don't chew them. They just swallow them whole. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> like, Ugh. okay, well, you didn't enjoy that. But on top of that, that can cause a choking hazard and all kinds of problems. So if you're going to give your dog a hot dog, Cut it up into tiny, tiny little pieces and maybe, you know, parcel it out in, in little bits here and there. But keep in mind that hot dogs are junk food. They're high in fat, high calories. So if you have a chunky pet anyway, it's probably not the best thing to give a dog. <laughs> Got it. And then corn on the cob, that's another uh, summertime favorite, mm. that corn on the barbie. It's not okay to give your dog an entire cob. And again, those cause blockages in your dog's intestines, and that's another expensive trip to the emergency vet for surgery. So no corn on the cob. Hamburger and steak, it's not necessarily toxic, but it's very fatty. And fatty food actually can lead to a condition called pancreatitis, which is the inflammation of the pancreas. And if your dog or your cat has pancreatitis, they're going to begin vomiting, they're going to have diarrhea, Mm. abdominal pain, and even organ failure. So just skip giving them the hamburger and steak. And chips and dip, another thing. We think of guacamole. Oh, yes. Guacamole is is really, really bad for dogs and cats. Hmm. And another thing, too, is... Large amounts of salty food in your chips and dip, that can actually cause sodium ion poisoning. And again, vomiting, diarrhea, depression, tremors, all kinds of terrible things up to and including death. So no chips and dip. Mm. Then I also want to talk about fruit salad because that's a, another big summertime favorite. Yeah, it would, seem in, to me, it, would, it would seem to me that fruit is by nature sort of a healthy thing. It it is. Most fruit is A-OK, but one thing that almost everybody puts into their fruit salad is grapes. And grapes are ridiculously toxic. And the scary thing about grapes is that scientists don't even know what it is that is toxic. Hmm. But it is toxic nonetheless, and your pet can die even after eating just, you know, three or four grapes. So if you have grapes in your fruit salad, that's a no-no for your pet. You could give them a little watermelon and, you know, 
things like that. But okay. no, great. It's amazing that and, they and, and the research I'm guessing that has must be going on to figure out why grapes do this to animals. But it's yes. still a mystery. I guess it sounds like it is still a mystery. Amazing. Just avoid it. Wow. And raisins are even worse, by the way. Mm. I guess because it's concentrated. Sure. But so raisins, grapes, off the table, not for pets. Onions. That's another thing. We all put onions on our burgers and and onions. I love them in my food, but they cannot be given to dogs and cats. And most important, don't give them to cats because they will actually die after even a very small amount of onion is ingested. So no to dogs and definitely no to cats. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Finally, dessert. Ice cream, cupcakes, cookies, brownies, you know, we all have those, too, at our our summertime parties. But if you have anything with chocolate, I think everybody knows by now because we've talked about it before, chocolate is toxic to pets. So nothing with chocolate. And if you're using xylitol, which is the sugar-free substance, that is seriously dangerous to pets. So don't give it away. You can have it. Don't give it to your pets. Honestly, I don't think I as a human would have it either because there is uh, some research that's indicating that it might be bad for people too, but but definitely don't give it to your pets. So just by way of review, again, for those folks who might have tuned in in the middle, dangerous summertime foods for pets, ribs and other meat on the bone, chicken, hot dogs, corn on the cob, hamburger and steak, chips and dip, fruit salad, onions, and all kinds of desserts not good for your doggy and cat. Absolutely. Oh, my. That's the voice of Marie Hewitt here on Tuned In from Mount Wilson FM Broadcasters and Global Jazz Incorporated. Marie is the Animal Files columnist for the Orange County Register and is an Emmy Award-winning producer of educational television programming. Marie, when we talk about animals and we talk about summertime, we also think about the animals that are not living in our homes, but are living nearby. Things like coyotes and rattlesnakes. And coyotes and rattlesnakes, of course, have a right to exist in this world as well. But people sometimes have misconceptions about what coyotes are doing or what they think they're going to do. Many people might think, especially if you live in the hills, that the coyotes might come down at night and, and you know, for example, ravage the garbage looking for food. Are there misconceptions about coyotes? Well, yes. First of all, And I just want to jump right into safety. Coyotes are coming down into the areas where people live because there's a lot of free food available. Mm -hmm. People put their cats out at at night and in the daytime and have just free-roaming cats as pets, which is an absolute no-no because when you put your cat outside, the coyotes say, oh, what nice humans, they're feeding me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They'll eat the cats and then people get mad like, oh, that terrible coyote. But they're actually being the terrible human being for putting their cat at risk and putting it outside. The other thing is don't feed your pets outside. If you put a big bowl of food outside for your dog to free feed whenever he's outside, guess who's going to say, oh, thank you? The coyotes. And we do that constantly. We're constantly making our neighborhoods attractive to coyotes. And then we wonder why they're running around. Yeah. It, it just kind of baffles me. <laughs> is it environmental? I mean, is it strictly environmental based upon what the humans are, are, are attracting the coyotes with? Oh, absolutely. 
humans fill up garbage cans at parks with all kinds of leftover food. And there is just a plethora of food availability. And that's the one thing about all wild animals. They look for food, water, and shelter. If they have those things, which they have plenty of in the urban setting, that's where they're going to live. And if there's plenty of it, the other thing that happens is they have larger litters of puppies because the environment can sustain larger litters. And when we start increasing the population unnaturally, that's when we start having problems because the summertime is when the young pups are now sort of teenagers getting close to adulthood and they're roving around in packs and they really haven't learned much yet. And and they have no reason to think that people are something to be afraid of. And so they're the ones who are really causing problems. And what people need to do is make the environment hostile. And the way you do that is, first of all, you remove the food, water, and shelter. And then every time you see a coyote, you carry around a little air horn with you all the time when you're walking your dogs, in your purse, whatever. And you just blast that air horn every time you see a coyote. And those things work wonders. If you're out in your front yard and you have your hose on, just go ahead and blast them with the hose. You can pick up rocks, throw rocks at them, yell at them, scream at them. If you make yourself look ferocious, they are not going to even remotely think of challenging you. But most important, don't let your little two and three and four and five-year-olds run around far away from you. If you're outside with your child, be right next to your child. And that's not just because of the coyotes. That's just common sense. There's so many dangers other than coyotes. You just have to be really careful. And rattlesnakes are, are definitely a lot more active in the summertime, too. And I, I have to say this, Mike. Unfortunately, it's, it's not little kids that are <laughs> tangling with rattlesnakes. No. It's, uh, you know, 18 to 35-year-old men, for the, for, for the most part, that tend to have rattlesnake problems or issues. And, and in most cases... Are you, are you, are you sort point. of... I'm going to walk in here for a second. You're sort of <laughs> implying that these uh, younger demographic men are just kind of doing this, this like picking up kind of on a dare and that sort of thing? Yeah, you know, a lot of times they've had a little bit to drink. Oh. <laughs> and they, they see the rattlesnake, and they're trying to impress their buddies, and uh-huh. they go over there, and they, you know, try and kick it or maybe pick it up, or I don't know, it's kind of silly. And, uh, you know, chances are they're going to get bit. And the good news is, you know, somebody that age and in that kind of health, they're not going to die from a rattlesnake bite. You just get to the hospital and and the doctors know what to do. But if you are working out in the backyard and you're doing gardening and and you come across a rattlesnake and they will warn you, go ahead and uh, step on back, give them their space, and you can even call your local animal control and they'll come out and remove it for you. Do most cities have animal control at this point, or is it sort of, you know, sometimes countywide versus a city city, uh, uh, organization? If you don't have your city animal control, your city will contract with the county for animal control. So you will have animal control no matter where you live. It's required to keep rabies actually under control, which is funny because we haven't had a case of rabies in dogs and cats in in decades. But, But that's the whole purpose for the existence of animal control is rabies control. But they also do all the wildlife and and rescuing and, and everything else that most people are familiar with. 
We're running a little bit late in the show here, Marie, but I know we we talked before we went on the air about the situation that happened in Africa with the uh, dentist and uh, Cecil the lion. What are your thoughts on what happened? Um, I'm guessing you have some strong opinions. I definitely do, and and thanks for bringing that up. Cecil the lion is is a great example of the fact that lions are killed constantly, and, and everybody is outraged over the death of Cecil because he has a name, and that makes them near and dear to us in our hearts. But literally a thousand or more lions are trophy hunted each year by wealthy hunters who pay the ridiculously high fees, you know, so they could say, I bagged a lion. And and it's completely legal, and, and nobody gets outraged over that. And it just feels wrong to me <laughs> yeah. that all of this stuff is happening. In fact, here's an even worse situation. Um, a few months ago, a wealthy hunter actually paid $350,000 to legally hunt and kill an endangered black rhino. But it was totally legal, and, and it was a-okay because all of that money went to uh, wildlife preservation. <laughs> wow. My God. I know. I have a hard time uh, digesting that because, to me, it's, it's murder. It's cut and dry, and these beautiful animals are just murdered. And, and we're talking rhinos, we're talking elephants, we're talking lions. And and as long as it's not somebody with a name like Cecil, we're happy to go along our daily lives and, and not think about it. But we do need to think about it. We need to think about everything that we're doing to wild animals, through trophy hunting, through changing our environment, um, through corporate greed that's knocking down rainforests and killing lots and lots of animals. This stuff is going on, and I think everybody needs to educate themselves, find out what's going on, and get involved. Marie, just one more thing before we wrap up. Some people have never owned an animal, which I know might be shocking for, for you to hear, but, I mean, it's true. There's some <laughs> people that have never owned an animal, and yet mm-hmm. today there are shelters throughout the throughout the state where people can go and get a new animal friend for almost no money. I and I know that the shelters the no kill shelters are starting to populate a little bit more. So talk to a, talk to someone who has never owned a dog or cat and explain the joy that can come to them. Well, having a dog or a cat is like having a child. So if you're not prepared to take on the responsibility, then I would never say you need to go do it because if you're not going to properly care for the animal, it's not fair to the animal that you're bringing into your life. Right. But if you've always felt like there's something missing, like you need that best friend who's always going to be so excited to see you when you come home from work and no matter what kind of day you've had, to to just come over and, and make you feel better. And, and, oh, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but when animals sit in your lap or when you pet them and you've been all stressed, all that stress just vanishes and that's scientifically proven yeah. and it's, it's it really is a joy i mean you have a pet how do you feel when you come home and and your little dog is so happy oh no it, it, it's nothing like it in the world it, it you know no matter what your day is immediately all the stress just sort of disappears yeah and so many shelters have special events where you can get pets at a very low price i know the irvine animal care center is having all kinds of special events right now to celebrate summer and to try and empty out their shelter completely so that every dog and cat and 
rabbit and whatever other animal they have finds a home. So Irvine's not the only shelter that's doing that. Shelters everywhere have specials, and senior citizens can get pets that reduce prices, and it just makes everybody live longer, healthier, happier lives. And, and there's nothing like it in the world to have that little buddy that will never judge you and will always love you. There's shelters throughout Monterey County, L.A. County, Orange County, everywhere. So you can log on and get more information about that. And again, Marie, we certainly appreciate you coming on this morning here on Tuned In. It's always my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mike. That's Marie Hewitt, the host of the Pet Place radio show for many years and the Pet Place TV show for many years, and the Emmy Award-winning Marie Hewitt. Her columns are available online at the OC Register's website, ocregister.com. My name is Mike Johnson. Thanks for being with us this morning. Have yourself a great day, and don't forget to stay tuned in. To contact us at Tuned In, email tunedinmj at gmail.com. That's tunedinmj at gmail.com. Or write Mike Johnson, Tuned In, P.O. Box 250-028, Los Angeles, California, 90025. And please join us again next week for another edition of Tuned In.